0: You think babies can be racist? (laughs) (laughs) I was not prepared. I was going to say, last week, our nation engaged in a time-honored tradition of interviewing a nominee for the Supreme Court. (laughs) And during said proceedings, there were some interesting lines of questioning (laughs) that took place. That was my planned intro, and Shannon hits us with, do you think babies could be racist? Wait, that, I,
1: having not watched so much, much, much of this, <laughs> as as ridiculous as what she just said was, I assume Shannon was directly quoting, like, a Ted Cruz type?
0: I d- you not know, a Ted not
2: Cruz type, a, a
1: Ted Cruz. A Ted <laughs> Cruz.
2: an actual Ted Cruz. And I don't know. The same. I mean, I don't think it's a. It wasn't a direct quote, but it's it's like the gist. It's my, it's my paraphrase. And he was. I like that
3: he's asking the important questions.
2: One hundred percent. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy, like, he got a hold of Kendi's anti-racist baby board book and was like, babies racism. You're trying to tell me babies are racist? And then not only that, he also had pictures of the book blown up to like massive size behind him, so as if he was like presenting a very important dissertation on babies being racist. His staffers were like bringing bringing up these like uh giant children's book illustrations that are like really well done. Right. It's a it's an award winning children's book as far as I understand. Um, I said that and then my spouse, the children's librarian is going to correct me tomorrow if I'm wrong. Um, well, what's
0: really funny about this is that I think him him attempting to malign Ibrahim Kendi's book, um, Ibrahim Kendi is actually coming to UC Davis on Thursday. Um, but by maligning this, yeah, but by maligning this book, it which suddenly, book was this? Did we mention this already? Is anti-racist baby is the it in the book? Baby, yeah. um, it became like uh, like one of the number one sellers <laughs> almost immediately <laughs> online, which I think is just super fun because Ted Cruz made that happen. So thank you, Senator Cruz from the great I mean, state of
2: Texas. What's great is that now authors around the world are like, my goal is to have Ted Cruz Cruz hate my book so that I can mm-hmm. end up on the top 10 New York Times bestseller yep. charts. Yeah. <laughs> because he also held up the end of policing. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: By Alex which- Vitale. Uh, Which which we've we've covered, Mm -hmm. we've covered like the first six, seven chapters of that early on in our show a couple years ago. Um, Yeah, no, I I think an author could probably plan out their, their rollout for their book and title it in a way that would have Ted Cruz being like, fellas, is it gay to have a baby?
3: <laughs> <laughs> honestly it rocks like the things that guys like ted cruz get mad about are so rad like the things that like super right-wing people like the culture stuff that they get mad about is like an endless source of entertainment do you guys remember it was like just like a month ago when they like i think wasn't like the green m&m Was like sexy and had like a long, like bit like, uh, like tall heels. Yeah, and and they kind of shortened the heels and made the Eminem a little more androgynous. And like Tucker Carlson freaked out about it for like a week
1: because he didn't want to fuck the green green Eminem anymore, right? Exactly.
3: That's (laughs) the implication is like this guy was like (laughs) looking at the green Eminem like, hell
0: yeah, I'd fucking hit that. What? Which is weird because where would you hit, where <laughs> like, would you hit the green M M&M and M? Seeing as how she has no orifices, I'm just curious. She has eye holes.
1: Oh, wow. oh my god! <laughs> it's not often one of us goes too far.
0: <laughs> I won't yuck your young, but wow.
2: My dad once told me penises like holes, so uh. you should make sure to wrap them up. <laughs>
3: All right. Well, on that uh, note, I think we should start the yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> Can we be done with this fucking intro? Yeah. We
2: oh, said the
0: things they said,
2: oh, says some,
0: some from, from those days
1: Why, hello, everyone. You have Kempa. And you have Skylar.
2: And also Shannon. And Flo! Yeah.
1: When, when, is, when is the last time we had the four of us together? It's, I, it feels like forever.
0: I don't know. Yeah, the band while, is back together. A long time. It's been a long time. Mm. Yes, it has been a long time. I'm incredibly it's been a happy. Long time. we shouldn't have left. It's you, also, left though, you. I will say, it's
3: been a good run of fantastic guests, and also shout out to PJ for holding it down uh, often at last minute notice several times. Yeah. And
0: so. shout out to PJ's Chardonnay, which I am still drinking. Thank you, PJ. Oh,
1: How right. did you end up with PJ's Chardonnay?
0: PJ brought the world's largest bottle of Chardonnay to my home in December, and we did not open it. So I kept it so that I could open it with him Uh, about a week ago, I think, is when that happened. And then I have this like sealer thing that I can seal back. So he was here for the People's Budget retreat, which we had in my backyard. And then we opened it up so I could like toast to it with him. And then I sealed it back up. And then I was like, oh, I'm coming on the pod tonight. Let me open it up and drink some more. So shout out to PJ and his delicious Chardonnay.
1: Oh, I love that. Um, PJ, uh, who is often, as folks probably know, a guest host on the show, um, just spent a great weekend in Yosemite. Um, So welcome home, PJ. Um, And also, we also mentioned that He had to deal with the surgery recently, doing very well, too. So I'm very happy about that. All right. Fantastic.
3: Love this update. I love all of that for PJ.
1: It's nice to have good news on the show, you know? It is. All right. Now, I just want to dive into today. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where we're going to go with this or how deep we're going to go on this. Um, But... I, I do like every once in a while, every few months when we can just kind of discuss a national level issue and, um, you know, do it a, among friends uh, and and also sort of try and, like, tie in a lot of uh, the different mini storylines that are happening on a day to day basis that you might read a headline, you might read a full news story, and then a week later you read another one. And, like, you get that they're kind of connected, but it's like you don't get that full thread, right, right? Um, and so tonight, we're going to try and do that uh, with a particular storyline. Um, and, and this would be with the whole January 6th committee um, that the, the I want to say, why, why am I trying to say assembly? The House of Representatives uh, at the, the U.S. level government, uh, federal government is um, carrying out sort of to try and figure out like how January 6th, 2021 happened, uh, who was behind it? Was it in fact a planned coup? Was it just like a bunch of dolts from backwoods America trying to to knock down uh, Pelosi's door? Like, what was it, right? Um, And more and more, we're kind of seeing that, uh, or, or at least what we're seeing from the investigations and the subpoenas and the records that we're getting from folks that uh, this was a a lot more planned um, than people might have originally thought. Um, The most recent news being, some of you might have heard about this, that just a couple days ago, Shannon, never feel bad about opening a drink. i (laughs) thought stop for a
3: minute. You're going to be like, Shannon, never open a drink while I'm talking. (laughs) Do you know what show this is?
2: <laughs> no, I mean I know, but the problem was that you know, the I face you like, were Gosh. making. But I also knew that you were like in the thing where you're like, I got this, I want to get through this, and I didn't want to be like too interrupty, but also I need my alcohol. So no,
1: it's anyway. re- it invigorates me when I hear a claw opening. No, okay, absolutely.
2: excellent. Well, <laughs> not that invigorates continue. me.
0: What is happening? All right, All right okay.
1: Go.
2: i'm sorry for making the face i can't help there there was a time
1: when like i was like caught off guard when we weren't opening drinks every three minutes yeah okay so now i'm totally off track uh something about the
0: commission
1: right 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 investigating
0: Uh, what happened
1: Right. So I wanted to bring up some of the more recent news and I've talked with a few friends about this and like they, they've heard the recent news. Um, but like a lot of folks, when you talk to them about it, like um, it's hard to connect all the dots on the history of this stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, the show comes from a leftist perspective. So we are not liberals. We obviously despise the far right folks. Um, but we're kind of coming from a leftist perspective <laughs> sort of just viewing from the outside how a liberal federal government would be going about um, some something like this, right? Most recently, um, a federal judge uh, just made a ruling that kind of has some big implications on uh, former President Trump um, that, like, sort of implies that If there's not already a federal investigation into Trump's role into this, uh, there might be one coming up soon. And so I just wanted to like, like, let folks in on kind of what that is. And I also kind of wanted to like, just like, we could take a few steps back on this whole storyline, too, and be like, all right, who was involved in what? And like, as you know, like, this case has sort of been approached as sort of a RICO case type thing. So it's like you go for the lower guys first, right? And then once you get them, you get them to bargain a deal, and then you get them to to rat on the guy above them and the guy above them and the guy above them. And increasingly, we're getting to a point where we are at the highest, highest echelon. Now, again, I don't know if this ever results in any sort of indictment against a former president because... Um, I mean, we can get into that, but I I just don't know if that ever happens against Trump. But here's what happened recently. Um, So there's this man, he's an attorney, his name's John Eastman. He famously wrote out a plan after Trump lost the election for how they could try and steal it back for former President Trump in uh, January of 2021. Uh, He was writing this up in December of 2020 at the time. But basically, the whole game plan was this. He said, what we could do is, based on the 12th Amendment, you know, the vice president oversees all things in the Senate as president of the Senate. Um, He's like, well, when uh, Congress, when the Senate uh, reads through and counts the electoral votes um, on January 6th. Uh, What we could do is have Pence say that, well, these particular states, um, I don't think we can recognize them because they're like, well, he is sort of the executive, right, of the uh, of the Senate. Right. Um, So the states were Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, all the states that like. Trump was claiming, were like, you know, like, uh, there's fraud going on there, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, there was not fraud going on there. Pence had his lawyers look at it. They went up and down on it. And they were like, actually, no, like, there's no, like, there's no stretch of an interpretation that we could do on the law uh, that would make this... That, that would have, like, the Supreme Court land on our side. It would go 9-0 against us. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to mess with this. And Pence went alongside with them. Um, and so Trump's lawyer, John Eastman, kept, like, trying and trying and trying over the couple days before January 6th to get them to do this. Uh, there's documentation of Trump and Eastman working together on this. There's documentation of Eastman trying to push Pence's lawyers on this. Um, obviously, this is these are federal crimes. Um, that the, there's uh, there's a number of things going on here, and so basically, what was happening is the January sixth commission said, "Hey, we want public record of Eastman's emails from his university where he's a professor." They, these are all in sort of the servers at the university. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he can't just delete them. If he deletes them, it doesn't matter. They're still in the servers. Right. Uh, I'm sure he's deleted a bunch of things illegally, which he shouldn't because a lot of people do that. They said, we want these from the university. And so he put put together, like, you know, um, a, a thing saying, like, hey, no, this is attorney-client privilege. Uh, we None of my emails... With Trump or anything relating to Trump during that time should be uh, legally uh, able to come to the January 6th Commission. This federal judge, his name's David O. Carter, I believe. Yes. Uh, he's a California federal judge. Uh, he went through all of this, uh, and I read through the whole thing, um, his whole his whole sort of findings here. Um, I think there were 10 emails where he said, okay, yeah, we will allow these through attorney-client privileges to stand. But the rest of them, he said, no, you have to give them to the January 6th committee. The reason this is interesting and important, because otherwise, why, why does this matter, right? Mm-hmm. The big question is why. What? The reason that this matters is... This supersedes the attorney client privilege because. A crime. There is a. What, what is the the little edict thing called? It's called the. Um, the
0: crime fraud exception.
1: The crime fraud exception, right? So
0: basically, there's no attorney client privilege if the attorney is helping the client to commit a crime.
1: Yes. And like knowingly doing that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and. The judge looked at this and was just like, no, I mean, it's pretty obvious based on the evidence that both President Trump and his attorney knew that they were doing at least two federal uh, crimes. Um, And now the, the big implication here is this, that A, they get all the emails, right, in the committee, but also B... This means that the committee is much more likely, after a judge's ruling, saying that, which is like sort of a secondary thing in his ruling. He's not saying anything about Trump necessarily other than like, oh, he probably did a crime. Uh, and there's a preponderance of evidence that he did a, probably did a crime. Mm-hmm. He's just saying like he probably did a crime. And so now the January 6th committee will look at that and say, hey, Department of Justice, we think he probably did a crime, a federal crime, too. It's time for you to do a deep dive federal Criminal inves- investigation against former President Trump.
2: Mm-hmm. Does that all make sense? Yes. Yeah.
1: Did I go too far into this in no, the tweets?
2: Not at all.
3: No, mm-hmm. I think that was a pretty good, uh, a pretty good summary.
1: Okay. Um, so that's where it is, right? Uh, and and what that means basically is, if there's not a criminal investigation against him already at the DOJ, which there might be, and there there have been uh, attorneys who've been paying attention to this saying like, man, there's evidence that there has already been a federal criminal investigation against President Trump for six months. Um, If there's not already one, there will probably be one. Mm -hmm. The three of you, tell me, is this as much, like, is this worth an episode here, I guess?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what stood out to me most in all of this was the fact that the like so of course there was this crime fraud exception which is really fascinating to me i mean i'll be the first to admit like my understanding of the law is limited to what i learn in pop culture and the extent to which that is accurate so like i know about rico cases because i watch batman right so (laughs) so i'm not the person who is a legal scholar by any stretch of the imagination but what i will say is that what i'm finding really interesting about this is okay so you know, an attorney can't help, a, a, like, there's privilege, but there are, are limitations to the privilege, right? And then what was also fascinating to me was. I just always took the the stance and maybe this is because of my own personal politics, that these were just people trying to subvert an election and they knew that. And so all of this would fall under that, but they were actually trying to make a legal read for why they should subvert the election. And I think that was the part that was really fascinating to me was that like Pence was entertaining this because it was this idea that as the vice president, he could decide unilaterally which votes he could and could not accept. And That what I found most interesting about the ruling in this case is that they basically said, yeah, not only is that wrong, but that's not just like an interpretation of the law. Like there's no possible way that you could read this and think that's a valid interpretation that's like subject to like making it to the bar of the Supreme Court deciding on this. Like this is asked and answered is basically what they said. So (laughs) you, you all were already 10 shades of wrong when you started out and then you thought that was going to be the thing that was going to shield you from having to turn over evidence and all of that and it's like no we're not even entertaining the idea that this is a legitimate thing it's not you're just reading the constitution wrong like you didn't understand the assignment from the outset and i think that's amusing in some fascinating way
1: i thought skylar had something to say I did too for a second. (laughs) I mean,
0: (laughs) not
3: really. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe, maybe this is a thing. Uh, Maybe it's not. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like people have been like, this is the, this is it. Like Trump's going to jail this Mm -hmm. time. People have been doing that for like four years. Yeah. Like I had to have a talk with my dad because he, like, especially with, with the, all the Mueller stuff, like Every day was like, oh, he's closing in on him. Like, this is, you know, this is it. Trump's going down. And it was like, I was always like, dad, stop doing this to yourself, man. He's not, Mueller's not going to do anything. You're setting yourself up to be really disappointed. Like, stop it. Stop doing that to yourself. You got to get a grip on the fact that you don't live in a country where like the legal system applies to people like Donald Trump in the same way that it applies to people who don't have that much money or power, you know? Um, And I don't know, like I, and I do, I feel like that is a cynical read. I also feel like it's a fairly realistic read. Uh, And so I don't know when, like whenever, after, after these last few years, whenever I hear that it's like, oh, like, man, now these circumstances, no man, now this judge says this, Donald Trump might actually be in trouble. I'm like super skeptical every time, yeah. Because I, I don't know, like, and, and you know, hope I hope to be wrong. I would, I would, nothing would make me ha Like, I would think it was hilarious. Like, if they like perp walk Donald Trump into like prison somewhere, <laughs> that would be hilarious. That'd be great. Uh, that would be that would be a wonderful day. I think that would be a cause for celebration. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that we I don't know that that ever happens, even if I mean, because they have if if this many people have been looking into like Donald Trump's emails and like text messages and all of his correspondence with all these people, a lot of whom are really stupid, um, (laughs) they they have him they have to have him on like a 100 felonies at least. Right. Like they if this many people have been looking at his stuff for this long, they have to have like a mountain of evidence of him committing, like, high-level felonies. He's still just kind of doing whatever he wants to do. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it is a part of a longer strategy where they're getting the little guys first and they're working their way up to the big fish. I don't know.
1: I think it's important to say that early enough in this episode, too, Skylar. Like, the in liberal... Democracies that are sort of run by the landed, you know, capitalist class, the left and the right of the neoliberal consensus do not put one another's electeds, former electeds, into prison, even if they've performed, if even if they've committed federal crimes, because they know that once the next side the other side's back in power then they will go back into prison then they're f- top folks will go to prison, right? Uh, see, I don't know
3: if that's 100% true. I've also heard that theory, but I don't think the GOP operates like that. Like, the right-wingers are ready to burn it down all the time. Like, they don't have the thing where they're like, oh, we can't do this because the Democrats will do it back because they know the Democrats won't do it back, Well, right? there, Like, look there, at the look. There's at the been a devolution
1: in the Republican Party also in the last 15, 20 years, too. Uh, they, it's not a consensus anymore. Like, they've gone full far-right fascist. But like, right?
3: I mean, I but, but I I think that goes to my point though that like I don't think the Republicans at this point, if they thought that they could lock Joe Biden in prison, would they would do it? Um, no, they wouldn't I, have any kind of like, oh, but what if the Democrats get into power and lock us up? I don't see that being a thing that would. What happen. What
1: I'm saying is the Democrats still have that archaic mindset, <laughs> yeah, and they that do. they won't do it. That they <laughs> yeah, won't put do. Trump into prison. I,
0: but I think I think. I think you're right, Skylar. I mean, I think it's very unlikely that I, I just don't have a strong feeling that justice would however that's defined right in these moments because I think a lot of the damage has been done, but that you know our our system is designed to lock people like Donald Trump up. I just don't think that's a thing. Um And that's part of the reason why I think the system is so corrupt, because it's designed to really come down heavily on people who have far less means and who, you know, by comparison, you know, you know, (laughs) inflict far less harm. Um, But we are taught to be more outraged by it. And then we are taught to turn, you know, entirely away from and ignore what we're seeing at this grand level because this is how polite people engage in differences of opinion. Um, Never mind the the catastrophic impact that that has. But I... I, This may sound like super defeatist, but I'm at the stage of my humanity where, like, the, the moral victories are nice ones too and I'm just, like, happy to not be gaslit sometimes. And so... I read this and was like, okay, yeah, he's probably not going to prison to your point, Skylar. But I also was thinking like, at least nobody can pretend that this was just okay. Right? Like there's some documentation here that what happened here was just blatantly illegal, that there was no real standing and that that matters at some point in time. Um, And it, no, it's not, it's not even a moral, I mean, or maybe it's just a moral win, but it felt nice to be able to see in black and white like this person intended to subvert constitutional law the very constitution that they claim to uphold and want to protect and they were like this doesn't serve me we're going to skirt around it and then the courts were like nah bro that's not how this works like that to me was like all right for a monday like yay (laughs) like (laughs) Like, we haven't, you know, taken down the patriarchy and, you know, dismantled systems. But it's nice to have something from this system saying this was totally unacceptable and that you have absolutely no standing here and that the entire premise of what you thought was going to shield you from any sense of accountability is bullshit.
2: I'm down with, like, I think my, my original... Or my very first reaction to this was like, yeah, that's dope that we have this thing. Like, that a judge finally said that this asshat did did the bad.
0: (laughs) And then as I started to
2: think about it even more, it was like, wait a minute. He had a bunch of fucking dummies. Like... Doing his bidding. These, like, folks who are just, like, openly on their, like... Total clown show. Fucking iPhones and, like, using their... Probably their Gmail and their fucking Facebook and their Twitters to, like, orchestrate...
1: Hashtag crime time.
2: Right. Like, to orchestrate, like, all kinds of whack-ass illegal bullshit. And it took us how long to get to here? Like, so I think it was... For me, sort of a both and the like, yeah, I guess it's it's like, yeah, it's cool that we have on paper that Trump is actually a piece of shit, a felonious joke for of a president. But also just like, damn, just a reminder that the system is like is is built to protect people in his like in his class and also that's fucked well no that's it I just like yeah that's it
3: I would also like to know and we you know obviously like this is a hypothetical and it's sort of a what if you know instead of the situation that did happen another thing happened or whatever kind of an argument but like like, what do you think that there would be this much attention paid? And do you think that people like this California judge would be looking into this as um, steadfastly as he is, had they not like gone to Nancy Pelosi's office? Like there was like that, like on the January 6th thing, like they brought I mean, obviously, you know, everybody, everybody's there. But like, you know, they they were there were a lot of people who went in that gun and for people like Nancy Pelosi and like the really highbrow, you know, like the the top of the of neolib leadership um and they actually got in there and they i mean they got into her office and they kind of they they kind of disgraced a thing that is sacred to neoliberals um and i and i wonder i i wonder if they hadn't done I, I don't know I, I guess if the target hadn't have been moneyed neoliberals would anybody like would that wouldn't as much sure. attention be being paid Um, To this case Or would it just kind of Be going off to the side Like everything Like everything else
2: I think it's a good question And I think it also Leaves us in the space of like Yeah That like Moneyed Neoliberals were a part of that Like very um, Strategic Like move But also We have those The document Or uh, like the I guess you don't call it testimony yet because it's not in court, but her, um, well, yeah, it's her fucking testimony. Like AOC talked about how terrifying that day was for her as she was like hiding in her office, like essentially like hiding in a closet because she was like, if they, if they if they find me, then I, I really did feel like they were going to kill me, um, and so AOC I, like, is
3: probably a huge target on that. Day. Yeah, it's AOC hard to imagine they like maybe the number totally. one person yeah. who needs to be watching her back on that Absolutely. day for sure.
2: Without question, so that's where I wonder. It's like if if AOC had not been a part of that day, then I think that question is like, yeah, like, and not that there isn't weight there, not that that isn't a fair and and a, a good question, but I do think that because AOC comes into play there, it's like. There were. It was more than moneyed neolibs that were part of that. They were. They were going after f- someone who was interested in people over capital or, or or people over power. Right. Like it didn't. Nancy Pelosi and her whack ass bullshit, aside.
0: But I think the Nancy yeah, Pelosi I, is actually the piece that makes it more egregious to many people because oh, totally AOC is a far is to to many people a She's very far left wing beyond the pale right? for them right. exactly right. Totally. and and Nancy Pelosi is seen as mainstream right and so if you go after the mainstream moneyed folks I mean it 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 feels very akin to right like you know our conversations about, you know, folks landscaping, right? It's like, when you go after the people who are considered to be mainstream, people will get up in arms because it just seems like it's beyond the fray.
3: Yep. Well, and like I said, like there was a certain element, I think on January 6th of like, like defilement, right? Like that guy went into Pelosi's office and like put his dirty boots on her desk and like opened her mail, you know, like, like, which, like, obviously, is like you know much less than if he had like inflicted any kind of like physical harm. But I still think there is like this sort of like, like that. Nancy Pelosi's office is like a sacred space for these people. For, for Neil lives, you know, totally. And this guy just like trod in there. This, I mean, this like idiot went in there and just like defiled the place. And I think that that like that. I I don't think that that has ever. I can't think of another time when that is when anything like that has happened, and I think like the political class, the like political upper class, doesn't really know even how to like process that. Right. You know.
1: Um, well, it's a classic decorum thing, right? But th- right. there's um there is a the part that we always have to recognize too. It's like people died that day. Uh, yeah. Th- 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 like a, a number of people died that day. And um, there was violence, people got hurt, people are harmed for, you know, they have PTSD for the rest of their lives. Um, and, like, there were folks, you know, like AOC and many others, even people that I despise. Like, I, I, I assume Pence, like, thought he was going to die that day, right? Uh, because he didn't go ahead and say, like, oh, no, we won't do the votes on the, the electoral college. Um, and so I guess I'm interested at, like, like who was involved that day and like can we carry it over to that a little bit and in like um, like yeah they like i don't know like it it's one of those things where it's like you watched it happen i remember watching it happening and thinking this was just sort of this like this kind of visceral response from this this sort of mindless but very emotional far right um, but the more that these things are coming out, the more you realize, like, oh, there, there was some work behind this. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know where to start with it. Maybe we start with Jenny Thomas. Um, <laughs> Jenny Thomas being the wife of the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, um, he is far right, uh, very far right on just about everything um, except for one case that I've ever read. Uh, and let's read some quotes from his wife to Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff in Donald Trump's White House, um, after, like, you know, towards the end of his tenure all the way through, uh, the insurrection. So here's a few quotes. Now, these quotes came through because Mark Meadows is, a bunch of his stuff was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. Um, this stuff was not public, it was leaked to the media, uh, but these are verified texts that she sent to Mark Meadows, the, the chief of staff of Trump's, uh, White House. So she texted him, um, basically, like, some very, like, far-right conspiracy theories. Here's one text. Biden crime family and ballot fraud co-conspirators parentheses, elected officials, bureaucrats, social media censorship mongers, fake stream media reporters, etc., end of parenthetical, are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now, and over coming days, and will be living in barges off Gitmo to face military tribunals for sedition. <laughs>
3: it rocks that, like, the wife... Of a United States Supreme Court justice's brain <laughs> is apparently like a Midwestern boomer She's meme. She's a
1: Q boomer. <laughs> like she capitalizes so random nouns so like awesome. that. Like the the ultimate like Q boomer. Uh huh. Hardcore.
3: That's like some like that's like some uh, like an uncle getting himself disinvited from Thanksgiving <laughs> post.
1: <laughs> the it is. the it quote is in it the is. article. After this was, then she added of this fanciful, if chilling set of conspiracy theories, I hope this is true.
3: <laughs> I
2: hope this is true. I hope this is true. How
3: do you get to there on barges that are floating around <laughs> Gitmo? <laughs> how would you? How,
2: like, how, to face like, military do tribunals. You
1: get there. <laughs> <laughs> that owns. I love that. All right, all right. I, I, I just want to do a couple other quotes that she sent to Meadows. The next day she sent him, do not concede. It takes time for the army who is gathering for his back. Yep. <laughs> Another.
0: I don't really know what that means. I don't know. but I know, like, total
1: humor, right? Another 100%. one. 100%. Release the Kraken and save us from the left taking America down.
3: <laughs> Hell Yeah. Do you think like when she's Relief sending the these crack. do you think it's like in text that's like over a picture of like an angry lion
1: or something like oh, what if like what if some dumb gif like just doesn't I make want it onto to be these a yeah, yeah
2: i want it to be a really good like uh, violent like like, like a cracking yeah
1: mm-hmm. gif another one and then just
3: like a picture of pepe the frog being like hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pepe on, like, a Victorian horse. Yeah. All right. In another, she wrote, I can't see Americans swallowing the obvious fraud. Just going with one more thing with no frickin' consequences. No
2: frickin' consequences.
1: F-R-I-C-K-I-N. This is the wife of a justice of the Federal I love- Supreme she Court. We just caved to people wanting Biden to be anointed? Many of us can't continue the GOP charade. Um... What yeah. is the
0: GOP charade?
1: I guess pretending that, like, this it's, is all normal. This I is don't know. Nor-
0: yeah. Like, the GOP charade is like that there's not this massive conspiracy happening that is super lefty that's going to corrupt all of our kids. And you're trying to still play nice with them. It's basically, it's basically their version of, you know, the, the, disconnect between the left and the like libs, right it's like yeah. you're pretending like you just want to play nice in the sandbox and you all are all friends and there's really you know a lot more happening right but it's their version of that yeah so
1: <laughs> there's other quotes too where she's obviously in contact with uh jared kushner uh who is trump's <laughs> daughter's husband um in in contact with Sidney Powell, who was that insane attorney that was, like, just spouting off the weirdest shit uh, during the the pushback of the Stop the Steal. And I'm just going to do one more little thing from her. In one text exchange right after the election, she tells Mr. Meadows, that's Chief of Staff for for Trump, that he needs to listen to Steve Pishnik a one-time State Department consultant who has appeared on Alex Jones's InfoWars to claim, among Super other things, that the Sandy Hook School Massacre was a false flag operation. Like, mm-hmm. this is... It's incredible. Like, I, I don't... I don't know how much more these people can indict themselves. But to Skylar's point, I don't think anything happens to them. I don't think her husband ever recuses himself from these cases. I don't think he ever leaves the Supreme Court. I don't think she ever, like, loses any place of respectability in D.C. at this point.
2: No, I mean, this is the kind of shit that, like, these texts are published and... There is a group of people just like stoked, like 100% are like, yup, that military tribunal on the barge and the all that shit. They're like down. It sounds legit to them. It's like.
3: <sighs> I've been I, doing it for too long because now my brain is like now my brain's like, wait a minute. What if what if they really have, what if the they really have had the blindfold pulled off and we are the ones who don't think we're who are ridiculous for not thinking that there's a barge floating around Gitmo for the waiting tribunal what if they're right we're like, what, what if,
2: if the Kraken is actually just waiting yeah, to be released? Like, what if,
3: the, like the like the, the barge man, is named the SS Kraken? That, we're yeah. gonna feel super dumb uh, <laughs> when all of that turns out to be right, and we were sitting here being snarky <laughs> on our podcast,
1: <laughs> making fun of them. Well, we'll all be sharing a cell at that that point. Right, <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll
3: be floating around Gitmo.
1: So, on,
2: on the voices, the barge. Kraken will just be holding each of us.
1: And so like. We're at a level. Did you just do air decks, Shannon? Mm-hmm. No. I don't I think was she doing,
2: intended them to I be air I was doing Kraken arms, but. Oh, I air Kraken. Very close to okay. air <laughs> My apologies.
1: Very close. I never really thought of that.
2: I'm on a dick run tonight, I guess.
1: The, so, okay. So that that's one thing for me. I don't think there's any consequences for Jenny Thomas. Um, no. Or her husband. And, like, there's an argument that there shouldn't be for him, I guess. Because uh, he's not her. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the argument. That's a good, I mean. He's he not. She. Not she's her. the one doing the crazy text, not him. But there's. So, I, I'm not sure, like, this high up. This close to the top, right? Uh, the rot when it's rising to Trump in the executive branch. When it's rising to Justice Thomas in the you know judicial branch, uh, or Senator Cruz in the legislature, like I don't know if the rot rising to them ever results in them having consequences. Um, what we are seeing currently is more and more people getting arrested at the lower levels, and that will help determine kind of if. Any of this ever touches any of these people? Um, so Roger Stone, longtime advisor of Trump, also longtime advisor of uh, former President Nixon. Um, he is really the reason the term "rat fuckery" exists. Um, he he is a big reason for for what a lot of what happened in the past few months went down. Um, he astounding that me.
3: article. So that article that you sent us about him. I read that whole thing and it is absolutely bananas. I it, loved every second of it.
1: It is so long, but it is one of the best things I've ever read from from a daily news outlet. Like it so is like, incredible.
3: The, just so just for our listeners, so he had a documentary film crew from like what, like Denmark or whatever? yeah, they're yeah. Danish. Like follow secret, him around and like film and record everything he was doing while he did a bunch of like really bad <laughs> illegal shit, and Seditious a bunch of, things, like, really like yeah, basically did sedition in front, like <laughs> in front of a camera crew. He was like he, <laughs> they were like he was on signal. <laughs> like, sending disappearing messages that are, like, high treason <laughs> <laughs> while they were filming his phone. To like the camera. His it, is,
0: it is Tiger King, the capital edition. That's what I described this article. Because yes. there is so much in the way That's Accurate. the kind of stuff, though, I'm like, it, it is such a weird
3: disconnect. I know we should be used to it by now. Because especially with, like, this class of right-winger, like, this is always <laughs> how it goes. But it's like, because the thing that's so weird is, like, that's that's clearly... That's like, that's day one stupid. Like if you're going to do a bunch <laughs> of like illegal shit, everybody knows not to bring a camera team in uh-huh. to film you doing it. But like the other side of it, the thing that the disconnect that I will never, ever, ever understand is that Roger Stone is also wildly successful at what he does. Very
1: rich. Like he is like very much free right now. It's like living his the best top. life.
3: Yes, he has like risen to like he is like the Michael Jackson of being like a right-wing political consultant. How is he that successful? How can he be simultaneously that successful but also like that inept? And that I mean obviously I I know that's a stupid question because that's a lot of people, you know. I mean the same thing to me kind of applies to Clarence Thomas, which is just like like Becoming a Supreme Court justice is really hard. You have to be like really smart and know a lot of, like, you have to like mm-hmm. succeed monumentally at so many things in so many ways for so long to get into that seat. And then you're married to someone who thinks that people are like floating around Gitmo on barges. Like, that, like, I just don't, you know, or like, what was the, the, Oh, man, I'm blanking on his name. The sleepy brain surgeon who ran for president against Trump. Uh,
0: <laughs> ben Carson.
3: Ben Carson, yeah. Oh, right. The
0: sleepy brain surgeon. This who guy. Ended up
3: the HUD. This guy. Dude. He he, he did this brain surgery. He did this. Nobody else in the world had done this brain surgery on, like, these conjoined twins whose brains needed to be separated. Nobody <gasps> would touch it. And he did it and he did it successfully he is like he's like the michael jordan of brain surgery and he also believes that the pyramids are ancient grain silos and nobody can <laughs> talk him out of that like like how are these people real people i don't i mean i i, I don't get it i don't know i, mean, I love a, it though hot, i do love a it a
0: hot take on this is that it's more brawn than brains involved in the surgery that he Mm. did like there's there's a hot take on that so like and audacity right right like there's a little bit of like if you uh, if you can understand the basic mechanics and figure out how to navigate them you could separate this and so there's not this like higher order thinking that was required to be able to do that surgery and to Dave's point, like, a little bit of, like, you almost have to be dim-witted enough to think that this is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, and I say this with, the full, with, like, Ben Carson was my commencement speaker when I graduated from Spelman because people were still yeah. enamored uh. of him at the point and thought he had gifted hands. And, um a good Gifted friend of hands. a good friend of mine who I won't get in trouble because she gets in enough trouble with Fox News on her own so I won't name her um but was was next to me at graduation and the two of us were really ready to like shut the whole place down because his hot take during our graduation was that we should use the power of our feminine wiles to uplift the entire black race and to save black men. And this is what he thought was an appropriate commencement speech for a group of graduating black women. This, <laughs> and I wanted this to is throw incredible. Things and curse loudly in the middle of this very holy church that this graduation ceremony was oh, happening my in. my God. Because I hated what every year? aspect of it.
2: This, what year was this? this was I have a the year oh, of Lord, 2004, to look
0: 2004 up. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it was a hot mess. Excellent. And I was like, oh, yeah, this man is not particularly bright or insightful. And then it turned out years later that he was even less bright and insightful than my low <laughs> opinion of him <laughs> that day deserved. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I mean, they're like brilliant neurosurgeon <laughs> Comes with a few caveats, is I guess all I'm saying here. Yeah.
1: We're, so we, we're we actually running out of time. Uh, <laughs> I knew I like this would be a like, very do we fun have episode. Enough for,
2: do we have enough for an epic I know. We, and, like, yeah, I'm reading, like, court documents, idiots. and I
1: never got to any of that stuff. But, like, <laughs> okay, Roger Stone, like, full-on, simply,
0: Tiger total... Tiger King, capital edition.
1: Yeah, total Icarus, <laughs> like, nonsense. Like... Dumb Why ass. are you inviting, a like a documentary crew into this, and this Danish documentary crew ended up biting him in the ass? Like there is, there are pictures now. there are, like still still frames of him interacting with the head of the Oath Keepers, which is a far right militia. Uh, most of whom have been now indicted for their. Um, their part in the coup of January 6th with the head of the Proud Boys at the time. Um, what's his name?
2: Oh, Tor. Oh, I can't remember his name now.
0: I'm terrible with
2: names. I'm glad
1: he doesn't matter that much to us. Yeah. Um, but... Him. Enrique
0: Tadio? Enrique. That's him. Enrique. Yes. I, I had to go back and look because I don't commit their names to memory. So
1: they're interacting one-on-one. He has now uh, been indicted for federal crimes. Enrique, as well as a bunch of his underlings, are now in deep, deep trouble. They've either been indicted or they have pleaded uh, guilty to some things. Um, they're eating their own at this point, which is really interesting to me. Um, and that's where I'm kind of coming from when I'm like, I think they're going to, what they're trying to do is get them to eat their own on their way up. Right. So they're going to come for stone. They're going to come for, you know, um, Eastman. Um, I don't know if Jenny Thomas can ever be touched though. I don't know if a Trump can ever be touched or a Senator Cruz can ever be touched, but like all of these folks, Matt Gates is, is implicated in that Roger Stone piece That Roger Stone piece is like Pulitzer work, by the way. Um, But like, that's kind of where this is. So I think what happens in this, in the same way it happens in every case within the American legal justice system, is the big fish swim away and at best the middle fish serve a tiny bit of time. I think you know. Honestly, I think a lot of that—the implication of
3: that—goes back to what you were saying about like, I like they're like not wanting to set a precedent, right? And I think they're like, I think not even not even like the neolibs really want to lock up Trump because if we if we put somebody who's that wealthy and powerful in prison, then it sets a precedent that we can do that. Yeah. And I don't think any of these people want Mm -hmm. to set that precedent.
2: Yeah. I think you're right.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which is like a really cool um, and hopeful way to, you know, wrap up this episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One thing I would do, um, (laughs) knowing that... um, you know, if, if they haven't formally been uh, recognized as a terrorist group domestically, um, Canada definitely recognized them. Um, I think it's very good that the, the leadership of the Proud Boys is, is going to prison. Um, and one thing that locals can do is to continue to find them, uh, document them, And find ways to figure out who they are and where they are, uh, because this is a far-right domestic terrorist group. Mm -hmm. Um, Locally, here in the Sacramento region, uh, they've been causing trouble for the last few years, and I think it's very important that we continue with that. Um, Any other ideas on, like, a call to action? (laughs) No. We're doing some good work (laughs) on that front, at least. That's the thing with federal right. stories. It's like the a call to action is just so silly sometimes. It just feels very silly.
2: yeah, I got
0: nothing i i don't I don't have a call to action um yeah i don't I don't think I have a call to action but i I will say that I think maybe a a broader call to action is for us to, you know, give some political backing to the legislators that are attempting to take this very seriously. Like, I know there's a way to feel kind of demoralized, like we talked about, about there not being accountability, but, you know, there's no accountability until there's some political pressure to make that happen. So I think the extent to which we can, you know, At least say, yeah, you see this, there's some importance to being able to take some steps um, is an important next step. And so I think that's that's maybe our other call to action is just like say it's important to you, even if it's, you know, in passing. And even if you're kind of doing it with the understanding that it may not make the biggest of differences, like hopefully it will.
1: Hmm.
0: Don't become too cynical. That's my call to action.
1: It's very hard.
3: I think that's a good call to action. I think like, I don't know. I think I would add on to that. Like. It is it is easy to be cynical and, and it's it's in and a lot of times it's realistic to be cynical mm-hmm. uh, when it comes yep. to the U.S. federal government. And there's really nothing there's really nothing to be done about it. Um, but on a personal level. You the, the, thing, the thing that you can do is just be as cool as you can possibly be to the people who are in your immediate circle. Uh, and that's really, that's really, I mean, at the end of the day, that really is all that you can do. Uh, things, things on a, on a national level are likely to get more macabre and more ridiculous as we go. Um, and the people around you and the people that you love just have to be worth more to you than, than that. Um, Yeah. And you can cultivate that and you should actively cultivate that.
1: Yeah. And I think the theory behind that is the more we cultivate that, the more it grows and the more that potentially that exists at our state capital and then at our federal capital. Um, Obviously, we're starting from the seedling here, but I think that's really important to start from that seedling. Um, Real quick. Uh, I am recording, as you all know, from Florida. Um, I just want people to know that Roger Stone got $650,000 for the, the insurrection from the heiress of Publix, the supermarket, the like major grocery out, like supermarket in this region in Florida, um for the insurrection. So don't forget that, folks. Um, if you ever see somebody shoplifting from Publix, no, you didn't. Right. It's so it,
3: wild to me. These guys make that kind of money and then still do this stuff. I know. Like, for if real. you had done this much illegal stuff and made that much money, like, why wouldn't I, like, I would just disappear into the Caribbean somewhere.
2: 100%. Right? He's not, like, he's it's your, not, he, like...
3: He's probably got like, may, like maybe fifteen years left on his life if he's lucky. Like, why are you still doing this? Like, go enjoy your ill-gotten gains somewhere else, like a respectable criminal.
0: Hubris and ego. <laughs> Hubris and ego. Ego, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. an addiction to power. I think mm-hmm. it's the proximity oh, to totally. power. Oh, totally. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I wanted to. Uh, get myself into proximity of uh, some local power. Um, a place, if I wanted to involve myself in a in a cabal of perfect takes. Uh, <laughs> Man,
2: it's been a while.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. This is not my best one of all time. Uh, if I were... If I were better at this, we'd already be done with this episode. Uh, (laughs) Dave, where can I go to find uh, a cornucopia uh, of the world's (laughs) most excellent takes to be found online
1: anywhere on the world wide web? Mm -hmm. Um, There is a secret volcano uh, in an undisclosed Pacific, uh, Southern Pacific location. Um, where all of us come together with our perfect takes uh, and we try and spread that gospel to the world. Uh, And the name of that location (coughs) is Voices River City. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find it on the, you don't have to get a plane ticket. You can find it online at VoicesRiverCity.com. You can join us there. Um, We're on the socials, Voices River City. You'll find us on all of them. All very fun. Um, but generally, uh, if you want to support us, if you want to keep our secret volcano running, listen, this doesn't happen for free. It doesn't pay for itself. Um, so uh, as low as five bucks a month, as much as twenty five dollars a month. Uh, we love what we do. And if you love what we do, we want um, you know, we need your help. Uh, and so feel free to become a patron at Patreon dot slash Voices River City. Um, beyond that, you know. You can find me on the socials on Twitter at UnoKempa you Know Y U K N O W K E M P A.
3: You can find me on Twitter at Guillotine for You. That is Guillotine, the number four, Y O U. Um, I am
2: uh, Shan N D Stevens. And you
0: can find me at Flo F L O J A U N E.
1: Well, there we have it. That's it. All right, That's we did show.
0: it.
1: We wow. nailed it. Um, yes. I wonder
2: when we're all going to be on this show together again.
1: Never.
3: <laughs> I th- okay. okay, so real quick, uh, I don't know if we want to plan this out while we're live here, but like, I want to see uh, if you are listening to the show. I want to have a beer with you, and yes. I yeah, mean, like, a voices meetup happen before Deltacron shuts everything down again because that is maybe gonna happen. So
1: uh yeah I mean I'm, I get back into town um, just before April so I'm around all of April so it's up to you three. okay
3: voices meet up in April for sure we don't have a date yet but it is definitely I in in the voices tradition, of promising to do things we don't actually have a plan for, <laughs> uh, we We're doing are that. going to have a meetup uh, in April because I love having meetups because I love to see all of you in person. It's very fun. Let's yes. do it. I can't wait. And it goes towards the uh, the call to action, which is to be cool to uh, all the people around you and being around a bunch of people who are cool uh, It really
1: facilitates that kind of <laughs>
2: Make such changes. You're welcome. I, I
1: call that the Bill and Ted doctrine. Be excellent to each other. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were onto something. All right. Well, let's call it. Okay. Let's do it. All right.